In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin. And this is episode number three, Haters Gonna Hate. They're gonna hate, Erin. Haters That's gonna what hate. haters do. That is what They're gonna haters hate. do. <laughs> haters gonna hate. That's right. Uh, before we dig into this week's picks and why we chose that theme, yeah. we, Erin, we got some amazing feedback from the first couple of episodes. And one of the things that we are asked by our listeners are about our reading lifestyles. Yeah, the people want to know some stuff about us. They do. <laughs> they want to know how often we read, where we read, where we get recommendations for ourselves, basically everything about us. Because we're amazing. So well, yeah. they want to know all the info they can. Mm-hmm. That relates to reading well, specifically. Yeah. That, but that qualification I is important. I think it's going to lead other places. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we want to accommodate. We want to give the listeners what they want. Every time. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think the easiest place to start is maybe how we incorporate reading into our everyday lives. Um, and I will admit it's changed a bit. I used to live in Chicago and reading was always easy to do on the L train to and oh, from work every day. Sure. It was a good, you know, 20 to 45 minutes that I could just, if I was lucky, I could get a seat. And if I was not, I stood up and I read my book. And I got a lot of good reading done that way. Nowadays, it's more um, before bed or a lot of times on weekends, I'll curl up on the couch and try and get some good reading in. Nice. What about you? Um, It's, you know, it changes. It's 
ever evolving, mm-hmm. I think, as an adult. Um, yeah, I, I miss the days when I was a kid and I could sit down and enjoy a right. whole book at once, but uh, life usually doesn't let that happen. I and would say children, my, your yeah, children. children. Yeah, children. Yeah, they do require things they like do. food oh, and God. attention right. and love. Why? Affection. Ugh. Come on. Nobody the needs worst. to be that needy. Right. Yeah. So... <laughs> Fortunately, sometimes I can't get a whole book read at once, but I, my favorite time to read is actually in the morning. Like if I can get up early, I have a cup of coffee by myself. Yeah. It's quiet. There's really nothing else I can be doing. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy that immensely. Um, same weekends I can often find some time to squeeze in. I like to read when Mike is deep into some TV show that I sure. don't like yeah, or some documentary or something. God, so, Mike. Yeah, come on. Get it together. Yeah. Then that's a perfect time because it looks like I'm there. It's the appearance you're of spending time. There, yes. But, but I'm reading. Yes. Yes. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're bridging that. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And I like that too because I think it's important that my kids see me reading. That it's Absolutely. the act of reading is a part of my everyday life. So. And fun fact, Erin for a while used to with her nine, now 10-year-old. 11. 11-year-old. 12. Um, you would read with him. Uh, mm-hmm. specific books and do like little assignments back and forth to each other. Little book reviews, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah, we would talk about, we did that pretty much for the whole series of unfortunate events um, and then some other ones so that cool. we would read back and forth and talk about it and what we liked, what we didn't like, you know, that type yeah. of thing. So yeah, he's still an avid reader. He reads more things, more graphic novels right now. So Ooh, yeah, I bet that would, yeah, that would be that age. Their yes. jam. That'd yeah. be very nice. It's definitely his jam. Mm-hmm. So I opt out of those sometimes. Sure. That's not my jam, but right. not to say I don't like them, not to say they don't have value. Right. Just not always on the top of my list. So that's very cool. You've been instilling yeah. good reading habits. Yes. In your children. Yes. Um, another, uh, topic we got was where we get our book recommendations. Mm. And I'll tell you what, Aaron and I have, we've lived some years. We've read a lot. A few years. A few yeah. years. Mm-hmm. And w- one thing that Goodreads has been good for is listing a lot of the books that I've read over those years. Yes. So I, you know, when we think about, uh, when we first got together and started thinking about the things, the books we wanted to talk about, the potential themes, we did kind of an inventory of our own books at our home on our Goodreads catalog and tried to pick out potential themes there. And now anytime I'm reading something new, I'm constantly thinking like, how could this be something that we talk about on yeah. the podcast? Yes, absolutely. I think that's the same for me. Um, Goodreads is, um, Personally, I kind of use it as a personal reading log, you know, to keep track of what I've read, what I'm reading, that type of thing. So yeah, going back there and finding those recommendations is key, I think, to this process for us. But I would say every time I read something, you ha- you relate it to your life naturally. Yeah. And I'm always thinking of someone, you know, oh, I know someone had a similar experience or someone that would like that. So that kind of lends itself to giving recommendations. And then obviously when this brainchild happened, mm-hmm. now we have an avenue for it. Right. So. And I think both you and I were probably already providing recommendations yes. to other readers. Mm-hmm. And then we thought, man... More people need yes. us and these. They need to hear from us. Yes. And all the things we have to offer. So much. So I'm so glad that you, all you listeners have found us. I mean, this is a good life move for you. Congratulations, really, is in order. Kudos (laughs) to you. You're doing things right. Yes. I'll cross the board, 100% supporting your life without knowing anything. (laughs) 
If you listen to this podcast, you're clearly awesome. You're a winner in our book. Done. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, that's wonderful that we got some of those questions. We invite more. Tell oh, us what yeah. you want to know. Absolutely. Tell us about, you know, we'll say at the end of the podcast too, tell us what you want to hear about. Tell yes. us themes you'd be interested in. The the more comments, the better. Absolutely. Yes. Positive comments. Yeah, good good qualif- qualification. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you have things that we can improve on, I'll take that. But if you're just going to be mean. We don't need that. No. No one needs that. No. And if you are, I will reserve the right to read your comments on air. Yes. Mercilessly. <gasps> Public <laughs> shaming. Public shaming. We yes. highly believe in this mm-hmm. and will use our podcast as a venue Absolutely. for such things. Absolutely. And in previous podcasts, Aaron did threaten to break legs, too. I did. So. Yeah. And I'd love the opportunity. So mm-hmm. bring it. Bring it. And now I feel like we just asked for a whole bunch of negative comments. <laughs> Our first uh, major iTunes thing will be like, they keep threatening the <laughs> listeners. I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh, if I'm supposed to be scared. I we don't want to meet guessing. them in person. No, I'll tell you that. Don't want to meet them. <laughs> kind of terrified. Yes. On that note, mm-hmm. let's move into our picks, Erin. I like it. All right. Yeah. So we'll go fiction first, as we usually do. Perfect. And I have a book that's called Tampa by Alyssa Nutting. Oh, oh and Erin's eyes just Buggers. lit up. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because this book, you guys, is utterly gonzo. It's just freaking nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you think about it and you sort of gender swap the main character and the situations, it's maybe not that crazy, mm-hmm. unfortunately, to think of. Uh, Here's the story. Celeste is mid-20s. She's gorgeous. She's smart. She's married to the guy everyone's supposed to be hot after, even though he's kind of a douche. Mm. Um, Except Celeste is into prepubescent boys. Mm. She tells us this also in excruciating detail. Oh. Yeah. So here's where it gets even better. She becomes an eighth grade teacher so she can have her pick of that crop. And she does it. She literally targets these kids with like full-on sociopathic planning she's looking for the kids that have like lack of parental influence at home so she can pick them mold them right yeah so she's picking her prey she's isolating them she's seducing them and ultimate line celeste is terrible she's just a predator and she's utterly without remorse and we hate her we do but here's what i really liked We've seen variants of this story before, you know, but it's usually males. It's male characters in books, in movies, in life who are fascinated by and pursue younger women and even preteens. We just haven't seen the tables turned like this. Haven't seen a woman character like this. And Alyssa Nutting, the author, she skewers this. She's doing this very deliberately, which is pretty interesting how she does that mm-hmm. as well as uh, – uh, Yeah, just how she does that. But one of the things she also does is sort of skewers this obsession with age in our society. So like I said, Celeste is like 26, but she is on this firm Botox regimen. She's got all of these like uh, rituals and things to do to make sure there's everything is absolutely perfect. You know, no, no sign of age whatsoever. Okay. Um, She really feels that time is running out. And she says this is particularly a woman's thing. In fact, she says there's no way for women, for anyone to gracefully age. After a certain point, any detail, like the woman's cheerleader hairstyle that implied youth, simply looked ridiculous. Mm. 
Um, overall, the reading experience, it's a really quick read. If you can get past the stomach churningness of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, she writes beautifully. Uh, and you can easily forget that you should hate this woman. There were many times when I'm reading it where I'm like, oh, God, she's going to get caught. And I'm like, oh, God, she should get caught. What <laughs> am I doing? I need to recalibrate this, right, yeah. you know. Um, and the plot twists, they're nuts, but they're also believable in this weird way of this book. Um, and in case you think this is a story of redemption, no, she is utterly unredeemable. And at the end of the book, nothing has really changed. So I don't want you to go in this with eyes closed. I want you to go in knowing that, yeah, this is not one of those stories. That your hate will ensue. Yes. Your hate will potentially grow over it. Oh. But mm-hmm. there is a reason I'm talking about this book. I loved it because maybe I hated her so much. Yeah. And because she's being used as sort of a comment on mm-hmm. society, perhaps. Yeah. One more thing. Oh, Yes. We remember this cover. Yeah, the cover is, it's its own piece of artwork. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that I can't represent this visually no. on the podcast. No. But I am looking at Aaron's face right now. <laughs> and it's just that mixture of, oh God, horror and and, and respect Aww, in a way. A little Aww, bit, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, briefly, this is a shirt button that's open mm-hmm. meant to resemble something else. Yeah. Which it kind of does. It really does. It really does. It really does. Mm -hmm. That should be enough for you to Google it. (laughs) It's worth a Google. (laughs) It's worth a Google. And then read the book. Yes. But Google it at a bookstore to find a bookstore to buy it at. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's what I recommended. Something really... A a person that's really pretty bad. Hater's going to hate. Yes. Perfect. Yes. (laughs) Okay. What you got, Erin? Well, you know, similar. I have uh, my fiction pick. is It's actually a two for one. Oh. So I know. I know. I couldn't talk about one without the other. So oh my God. I, I don't know if this is allowed. I know. Like... It's my... Haters going to hate. I'm going to break the rules. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Haters <laughs> going to hate. You can't keep me down. All right? <laughs> um, it's called You... And then the second book is called Hidden Bodies by Caroline Kepnes. So they're both by the same yes. person. Yes, okay. and it's volume one is you, and Hidden Bodies is the sequel follow-up. So I really, you really can't talk about one with the other, because if you do read the first book, you're going to want to read the second. Oh, wow. So it's weird. It's twisty. It's clever. It's truly, it's unlike anything else that I have ever read. Um, the main character, Joe, works in a bookstore in the East Village. Uh, when we meet him, he seems harmlessly nerdy, loves books, loves certain authors, obsessed with his bookstore job. On the front, you're like, okay, he, you know, he's in this lifestyle. That's great. And then enters uh, Guinevere Beck, who she's smart. She's sexy. She's everything in a typical book slash movie. You would never see this guy go after or like in a rom-com style. It'd be like, oh, the beautiful lady yes. bestows herself on the nerdy guy. Okay. Right. Yes. Uh, that's not quite this story. Okay. So he. Up to this point, it's pretty normal, uh, except for the fact that this whole book is written in second person, which is very unusual. If So second person is writing as if you're talking to the person. Mm-hmm. So you entered the room. I watched you pick a book off the shelf. This is not a style that generally authors use, particularly not for a whole book. Um, so... It's a little shocking at first to mm-hmm. read it that way. Get used to it. Yes. Yeah. But the the way that she uses second person, 
the author, through Joe's eyes. So you're seeing everything through Joe's eyes. And he's talking to Guinevere the whole time, to um, Beck, they call her for short. So basically, after he meets her and sees her, he has decided she's the one. She's everything I need to have her. And I say have her because he really does like want to possess her. Oh, boy. So, yep, deep dive into her social media accounts. Oh, dear. And she's one of those everything out there. So he just happens to be in her life like oh i just happened to be at this restaurant or i just happened to be the fix-it guy in your apartment building when something breaks that i may or may not have broken yes so completely immerses himself in her life to the point that she notices and they start a relationship you don't really know what beck's thinking entirely but you get the idea that she's thinking that this is sort of just a fling that she has on the side. She has a boyfriend that's on and off. It's a whole nother situation. Uh, Joe, however, we're all in. So at this point, it just continually gets weirder and darker and twistier. And I really, I can't tell you anymore without ruining anything, but it is one of the quickest reads and I tell you that I brought you two for one because really, if you buy this book, just buy the second one because you're going to want to start it right away. Wow. You just can't stop. So you're not supposed to like Joe. I uh-huh. mean, in reality, he he's a creep. Yeah. From what you know right now, he's a stalker. So much more comes out about him. So you hate him, but at the same time, you're always rooting for him. You're like, oh, oh, don't do that. Oh, no, you're going to get... And then you think, well, yeah, you should get caught doing that. Yes, That's crazy. Yes. So it, you really don't like him, but at the same time, you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that it's not just that he's flawed. I mean, you, it's truly like a hatred. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he's crazy. Yeah. But you're also rooting for him. And the way that she does that and kind of the mind shift that that takes combined with the second person it's just a whirlwind it sounds like the second person really maybe accentuates that or or makes that even more possible yes yeah it really is is the second one also written in the Mm -hmm. second person okay Mm -hmm. so same guy Mm -hmm. same girl okay Mm -hmm. and the second one ends I mean, I would, I'm hoping that there's going to be a third because the way the second one ends, it kind of leans towards that. She released another book this summer that was not related to these two. So I'm hoping because I'll, I mean, I'd probably read 10 of these. They were so engrossing. The characters are fantastic. It's unlike anything you've ever read. So I I highly recommend. I know that um, I don't remember the network that did it. I was just going to ask you about that. I think it was like a Lifetime show or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Penn Badgley. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Did you watch it? No, I didn't. Um, Do you think it would translate to a show? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you could translate it to a show. Mm -hmm. I I think you're going to lose something with the second second person person. a little bit just because reading that is very powerful. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a mini series, uh-huh. I think, and I think it's out on Netflix. It is. Now, it's in but... my queue in Netflix. Oh, it's in your queue. Mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend the book. Okay. I mean, I know that comes as a shock to everyone that I say shocking. Read the book first, right? Yeah, okay. but in this case, I really do say because I, I just think reading that second person and seeing him write all these things out is really going to enhance your mm-hmm. experience. So, not saying don't watch the show. Okay, just saying you know, sure. Maybe second. Okay. Yeah. So that is my man. We picked some uh, despicable 
people. Despicable characters. But that is a sign that both of these authors chose a way of telling the story that you're still completely engrossed by. That's mm-hmm. so fascinating mm-hmm. how they can do that. Yes. Yeah. And you do. You... I, you love to hate this character. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I would read a bunch of books with Joe. And so. is it a woman writing? That, yes. Who is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Whew. Okay. Well, we got some more people to hate. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have two nonfiction picks, uh, still books. And mine is the play Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? By Edward Albee. Oh. Um, I've never seen the movies. I know that's what I think a lot of people think of. But I I was assigned to read the actual book um, as a play. And it was actually a really fascinating read in and of itself. And just kind of picturing how it would go down and and everything. And why I picked it is both leads, Martha and George, are just awful people. Just terrible. Just really... I don't even know if I root for them at some point, but <laughs> just hatred. Just yeah. Okay. I, but right. towards the end, more you know, depth comes out, so you you know at least have a little bit of perspective. So you get sucked in. Uh, the story is this: Martha and George are this middle-aged married couple. Uh, this is around 1962. Um, George is faculty at a local university. Martha is daughter of the president of that university, oh. and the two of them attend an academic party. And they uh, spot the new hot professor's stud, Nick, very young, new to the faculty. He's got a wife named Honey. Oh, Nick. Yeah. Okay. Get it, Nick. Um, So Martha and George are at this party, and these two drunk-ass people decide to go home, drink some more, and bring Nick and Honey over. Oh, boy. And they just light into each other in front of Nick and Honey. It's this long series of drunk conversation where uh, Martha is taunting George about his lack of career, his lack of publishing, oh. um, just his general being, his entire person, really. Oh, oh. Um, and then George is like the epitome of passive aggressive. Okay, oh. and actually, Aaron and I were having a conversation the other day on what uh, what constitutes passive aggressiveness, mm-hmm. which in the Midwest is a whole other language. It I mean, really you, is. You get yeah. it. Yes, um, but he is. He's he's given it his all he's very passive aggressive and meanwhile these strangers nick and honey are just watching this like why am i here and what what do i do in this situation and then it gets worse because martha tries to seduce nick um in front of her husband oh and george starts laying into nick because he's kind of his competition in the academic field and insulting honey and honey keeps throwing up and like things are bad oh okay Then there's a final act with a big sort of doozy of a reveal about certain things. So we hate our two leads, but the dialogue, the way it's written is so great that you're just tearing through and you're just like, ah, if I, if I was in this argument, I would do everything in my power to get out of this argument and get out of this house, especially if I was Nick and honey, but they don't Oh, for drama's sake. Oh, well, yeah. 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 And Honestly, there are sometimes uh, the things that Martha and George say. I'm like, I wish I could react this way. I wish I could say this out loud sometimes to people. (laughs) Just really anyone. Um, And in a way, they're kind of rebelling against a situation they they really hate. You know, she is stuck in this life she didn't imagine herself to be. Um, He's stuck in this job he didn't imagine himself to be. Mm. Um, And they're looking at these new sort of younger versions of themselves, and they just hate it. They're just resentful as hell. Like these two, exactly. (laughs) These two, we're going to show them what life is really like. Uh And that's what happens. Wow. 
So, you know, by the time you finish, you have a better understanding of what's underneath all this rancor and all this ire, you know, but so you don't have sympathy necessarily, maybe empathy in a way, or maybe just like, oh God, Martha and George, get your shit together. In a way, I started thinking, this That'd be is like a great a- title, <laughs> alternate title, Martha and George, get your shit get together. Get your shit together. <laughs> in a way, it kind of reminded me of like reality shows, like just putting people in a room together, mm. getting them drunk as shit, and then just having them tear into each other. Yeah. And get sex involved too. And damn it. Done. Done. You hit all the markers. Right. For a good reality show. Yeah. So I feel I, like there would be a reality character right? named Honey, too. I, for sure. For sure. But it would be something weird, like it's double E and then a Y. Yes. Or E E E at the end. Oh, you know, yeah. just like a long, long E. Honey. That yeah, long like three, E. I'm sorry. No, it's spelled a three E's. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Martha and George would have none of that shit. I'm like, honey, no. Um, so yes, I, did you see any of these movies? No, I haven't. Because I, I think there's multiple versions. There was uh-huh. one with, uh, Richard Burton and Elizabeth, uh, uh, why am I completely blanking on the woman with eight husbands? Oh. Elizabeth Taylor. Taylor, yeah. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's other versions as well. And I imagine it's very, um, powerful to see in person in a play or in a movie, oh, but yeah. it might be almost too much. I mean, just even reading this, I had to put it down a few times. Like, okay, this is awkward. I need to look at some cats on Instagram. <laughs> I need to calm down. <laughs> is that your Zen? That's my Zen. Just so we're clear. When I'm feeling raw, I go to Instagram and look at some cat pictures, particularly there's an account of bookstore cats. There's bodega cats. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's just your general, you know, random cats of Instagram. Well, yeah. Okay. There's I no highly shame recommend in that. it. I feel no shame Good. for that. Good. I'm I'm intrigued now. I probably will look up some cats. Of Don't Instagram. worry, I'll send you a few. There's some doozies. Please, Please do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while I like to send a random cat video to just a, a friend without any context. Oh. Like here. Yeah. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And then they can do with it what they will. That's just a happy bomb. Right. Yeah. No warning. Here it is. That's good branding. Mm-hmm. I like that. Happy bomb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all about the branding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my uh, other genre second pick is a nonfiction. Um, it's a memoir called Dry by Augustine Burroughs. Okay. Yes. And he's fairly well known for his first memoir, Running with Scissors. Uh, primarily because he was very brutally honest, very vulnerable in it. So he got a reputation very quickly. He's a beautiful writer, but also for really putting it all on the page. And I would say Dry is absolutely no different. Um, he It uh, chronicles his battle with alcoholism, and he really spares no details. He does not hide anything, not one thing that he does. Um there are many, many, many times that you really dislike him slash hate him Oof. for the things he does to people he supposedly loves and cares about, just his general attitude. Uh, there are quite a few times that you just kind of the same reading experience. I had to put it down a few times and come back to it because uh, you're just kind of taken over with this, like wanting to sit him down and be like, this is not right, mm-hmm. um, which tells you that he did this perfectly because... 
obviously none of a battle with alcoholism is going to be pretty or, you know, and it's not necessarily a story about redemption or about getting to the end and finding yourself and it's all good and happy, which I think is a little bit more realistic. So I enjoyed it for that. Um, I think that you're in awe of him at some points because he's so willing to show all of his flaws and go there on everything. You know, sometimes I, when I was reading it, I would imagine him, you know, turning this over to an editor and thinking oh, that boy. an editor probably never had to write, like, give me more what's going on here. Cause his, all the things he's feeling, the things he did, things that would be probably deeply embarrassing for some people. He, doesn't spare you. I mean, you live it all with him. So wow. you definitely feel like you're right there um, out in the open with him. And I think for that reason in and of itself, it's a fantastic read. But it's also the reason that I picked it for Haters Gonna Hate because mm -hmm. you don't love him a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure that even by the end you feel confident that he's fixed this or, you know, done enough for you to say, oh, okay, he's all right. Right. You know. There's no happy redemption at the end. Right. Or yeah. Finality. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I found myself thinking about this book a lot because I think that's probably true of most people is that with your own flaws, you don't necessarily just, they don't go away, mm -hmm. you magically get better at them. But it, it was fantastic. So I, there's a quote by him that I like, and I had heard before, um, and it's not necessarily from this book, but just him in general. Uh, he said, I myself am made entirely of flaws stitched together with good intentions. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? And I felt like that speaks to a lot of people. So really, yeah. I think that this book, regardless of whether you have a connection to addiction or anything like that, um, it just speaks to a human nature element of, mis had, you know, compete. Wow. <laughs> Get it out, Aaron. <laughs> Take your time. Whatever word that's coming, you just let it out. Uh, um, <laughs> Maybe now is the time to admit that both of us are a little sick. Yeah. yeah I have a terrible cough, which when I laugh comes out sounding like a vicious dog bark. So that is perfect for haters going to hate because you got to hate that sound. Exactly. But you know what? We're sick. We live in the Midwest this happens. It's it February. Yeah. Snowing outside. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. And what word were you trying to say, by the way? I lost it. Okay. Completely. Well, oh, when you make mistakes. Yes. Yeah. As, you, you own as we them, do. Yeah. You owned the shit out of that mistake owned just now. It. Yeah. I planned that, people. No, I didn't really. I just <laughs> forgot the word. <laughs> I don't know what I was going for. It was, it was started with a C, but uh, it didn't end. Yeah. Again, there's so many times I wish our podcast could be visual just to see the looks on Aaron's face. They're <laughs> they're pretty great. She, uh, yeah, very expressive. When she could Ooh. not get that word out, it was just like, I, uh, what do I do here? What what do, what happens? Back out quickly. But there's nowhere to back out to. It was awful. Felt like I was with Martha and George. Yeah. Meanwhile, podcast just meowing away. Yeah. Podcat yeah. was really liking my moment there. Podcat was like, she's finally getting her due. That yeah. one that's in my house. <laughs> who's, allergic, time. who's allergic to me. Doesn't let me love her. <laughs> oh, man. Shamed by Podcat. <laughs> Do you think, you know, one question I had about the memoir, mm -hmm. because he's so 
honest and raw. I wonder what book signings are like, like meet the authors are like. I wonder if people reading feel like they know him so well and he has to almost set a barrier or something between them. That's a good point. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would imagine because you do feel like you really know him. Yeah. I mean, y- you do know a lot of very intimate details about him that really, even in, your, I'm trying to think of my own relationships and, you know, you would hope in a marriage or with really good friends that you could share things like that. But I think that takes years of trust and building. Definitely. So so I, a, a lot of bravery yes, to put all this absolutely. out there. absolutely. And I think that's the magic of his writing is his willing to be just completely vulnerable and say, here, this is what it is. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sugarcoat it so that you like me more. I'm just going to tell you the story. And right. he does a great job. It's worth, it's absolutely worth it. Read, like I said, whether or not you have any connection to addiction or anything like that, it's still just a great read. Mm-hmm. So, and you said that he wrote at least one other book. Have you read the other things that he's? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Yep. He's written quite a few. Um, he has actually a humorous writing style in some of his other writing. He's written some essays as well. Um, Running with scissors, I believe came out before this one, okay. maybe a year before. Yeah. Um, it, that is a very dark tale. He had a very rough upbringing. I so think it, it came out quite a while ago, right? I, yeah. And there was a movie. So yeah, you, yeah. I think I remember mm-hmm. parts of that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a great read too, but this one, it, it doesn't really have anything to do with that in mm-hmm. the sense that we're really focused on a certain time period in his sure. life. But yeah, both are great actually. So that's another two for one. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm feeling a little inadequate, <laughs> but maybe I can redeem myself with my pop culture picks. Ooh, hit me with it. Okay. So I have something to admit. Oh. I'm a bit of a sucker for a bad boy on television or oh. film. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to them always. always. In my heart, Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <gasps> mm. <sighs> okay. Logan mm. on Veronica Mars. Mm. Raphael on Jane the Virgin. All of these boys. They're nice to look at. They're bad. Sometimes they're redeemed. Sometimes it's better when they're not redeemed. Yeah. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of bad boy, you know, Mm -hmm. interests. But there's a few favorite females that you love to hate that I really want to talk about. Um, I I thought a lot about, like, who would... Because there's so many. Like, think about Parks and Recreation, for example. The two Tammies, Ron Swanson's ex-wives. Yes. Love to hate Tammy 1 and Tammy 2. Yes. Excellent. But... Give me more. Like, Give I me every more. Scene they were in. Yes, completely absolutely. unredempted. Yeah. Completely irredeemable. Yeah. Both of them. Um, but one of my favorites, and did you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? You know, not with any regularity, so I'm not going to be a great Podcast resource. ended. <laughs> <laughs> you all just witnessed the end of our <laughs> As I was saying it, I was like, this could be a thing. This could be where Deal episode breaker. three over. God, I wish I'd known this before we wasted your time, listeners. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. I imagine there are many listening who have not watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I still love you all. It's okay. Let me just tell you a little bit about this show. The look on your face says otherwise. It does. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Briefly, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, featuring Sarah Michelle Gellar as a 16-year-old teenage girl who gets imbued with powers so that she can kill vampires. 
So the beauty of the show is all about it's like teen angst that feels like it's the end of the world when actually it is sort of the end of the world. Oh, yeah. And all of your choices do have apocalyptic meaning. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Lots of star-crossed Pressure. lovers things going on, you know, all of that. But one of the best characters that you really love to hate, her name is Faith. Because Buffy is a slayer. She's very goody-goody, mm-hmm. kind of. She never misuses her power. She's always out there fighting the good fight. Faith gets those powers is like, hell no, I want to use this to benefit me. Oh. And so she she kind of misuses her power. She is all about the violence, all about the sex. She's like the anti-Buffy, and it's glorious. Oh. She goes kind of full psycho for a while, oh. even switches bodies with Buffy, as one does. You know, well, yeah, yeah, obviously, right. Who hasn't Reeks done havoc. that? Wreaks yeah, havoc. Yeah. yeah, makes for a weird Monday. It really does. Um, and yeah, so she goes full on psycho. She has all sorts of ups and downs throughout Buffy, and then the spinoff show Angel. And she's just an utter delight to watch. And in fact, if you use gifs or memes on the regular, check out a faith faith gif or meme. Oh. There's always some killer line. And sounds fantastic. Eliza Dushku is the actress who played her, and she's kind of a badass. Wow. Yeah. Great. So I, I hope I've introduced Faith to some of you, and that you go forth and watch some episodes with her. Maybe watch yeah. the entire Buffy. Yeah. I mean, I mean I it's feel... seven seasons. You can do it. Yeah. Easy. Who doesn't have that kind of time? Right. Come on. Let's all be honest. We can do it. There is some real good stuff in there. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to put it on my list, clearly, or we can't be friends. <laughs> Also, I think I've reached the limit of my words when I said there's some real good stuff in there. (laughs) Best recommendation ever. (laughs) Maybe the cold has gone to my head finally and it's just settling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that's that's the that's the limit of your words Mm -hmm. right there. Real good. Real good. Real good. You should watch it. Real good stuff. It's like what you say about someone's cooking when it's bad. This is real good stuff. I don't... This stew is amazing. This is yummy in my tummy. That's right. (laughs) Oh, Aaron, can you take us away from this? Can you help help us? I'm trying so hard. Okay. Um, Well... My pop culture pick is uh, a little reality TV show called Below Deck. What? Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's a reality TV show on Bravo, and it takes place on super yachts. And if of you, course it does. Of course. So these super yachts are like over 100 foot long yachts, okay? <sighs> that really rich people charter, like they pay for a week or a weekend. God, I already hate them. Everyone on this show. Yep. Just hate them. So what the show does is follow the yachties or the crew that have to wait on these people. God. So their life, which is kind of interesting, is that they stay with the boat for the entire charter season. So like they're on boat for months where they're for the whole, you know, yachty season they're just taking care and i mean i think they make a fair amount of money and tips and things like that but you get to see from beginning to end the charter guests come on what their experience like what tip they leave um so yeah oh so you see some real terrible people awful people okay people you 
hate. Oh my God. Yes. But I love that from the perspective of the people who have to serve them. Yes. Yeah. Because that's when you're the most mortified. Yes. Some of the things that they demand, some of the things that they think are normal, that you're like, that is not. That's not normal. Oh, God. That's not the way to handle this. No. And it's cut in with interviews of the crew after, you know, as most reality TV shows are. You just really can't stop watching because you love to hate on the people that are on there. <sighs> they have some recurring guests that had such a great experience. They come back whether or not the crew really thought they were great. So it's wonderful. So it started originally with uh, the... Captain Lee is the guy of you know that runs the yacht is the captain and then has a crew and the crew members change season to season so sometimes it might be the same chef it might be the same head stewardess whatever um, but the spinoff is called Below Deck Mediterranean and oh, it features no. Captain Sandy who is a rare female captain in the yachting industry get it girl total badass I, I can like it. I love that much. I love Below Deck, but Below Deck Mediterranean <laughs> with Captain Sandy, my favorite. Because she is like a take no prisoners. I will cut your head off at sea if you don't handle your business. Wow. She's so people amazing. come to her with stupid complaints and requests. Mm-hmm. She's like, no. No. But she's also fiercely loyal of her crew. So she expects, has high expectations for them, but is very fair and very you know, loyal to them if somebody comes and complains, but an expert at handling really difficult situations. Wow. She's amazing. So I enjoy, I really like watching her season just because I like watching her work, but Mm -hmm. yeah. And her charter guests seem to be a little less annoying than Captain Lee's, but man, you really do love to hate them. So do the, the rich people... The rich, annoying people, do they have to sign waivers and stuff? Like, do they I know they're imagine. on that show? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Do they? Do you think they watch it and they're like, oh, yeah, I stand by all of that. I stand by everything I, I did. I think some of it you would have to double down because oh, there's no explanation. You couldn't say, oh, gosh, I was just having a bad day. Like, no, you're terrible. Yeah. So I would think or I would imagine you take the other avenue of reality TV and say I was edited terribly. I would guess mm-hmm. is probably your your take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it is fascinating to watch. So, wow. yeah. Does Mike watch this with you? Oh, yeah. He's is the one he that discovered in? it. What? <laughs> yeah. He brought it to me. So, oh, yeah. Mike. He was a whole season in before I got what? on board, if you will. Oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed in you, Aaron. <laughs> I would be too, I think, under normal circumstances. Wait, so when was Mike watching this for a season uh, yeah, before he, you got involved? I'm trying to remember. I think it started because he'll sometimes watch TV after I fall asleep, and uh, he was watching it on demand. So okay. he was flying through episodes, sure. and then I caught one, you know, and I was like, wait a minute. What is this <laughs> gloriousness? What have you been doing? <laughs> we have to start over. <laughs> I love that uh, in Aaron's household, reality TV show watching is quite an event, though. I oh, mean, it you, is. you yeah. guys make it a yeah. family affair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Get some good commentary going. And- yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend you're going to hate all the charter guests, but you're going to love oh, seeing boy. it. And it really, it's opened my eyes about yachting. Mike and I have done a lot of Google searches because really? we didn't know things. Yeah. Are, you, are you going to buy a yacht? No, I cannot in any way, <laughs> shape, or <laughs> afford even an hour on one of those yachts. <laughs> so it's not necessarily aspirational in that way. You're no. just, okay, mm-hmm. 
No. All right. If you had all the money in the world, would you buy a yacht? You know, I can't say I wouldn't. I don't think I'd buy one. I think I'd just do what they do and charter one for like uh, a week or a couple weeks. Sure. There are some, they mentioned, that do like a month-long charter with the same people, mm. you know, that travel. Because they're seeing phenomenal places and they're docking and going and exploring. And that's the other thing about the show is you see some really cool cultural stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I would do that for okay. sure, but I don't I don't think as an owner I want to be bothered no, with the yacht. There's a lot of responsibility there. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, if I had a lot of money, I think I'd probably be more of a Scrooge McDuck and oh. have like gold coins piled up that I and counted. And then just dive into them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Great. And yell at my nephews. Like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Life goals. I don't have any of that. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I think we need a, a, a listener out there to do some fan art of Aaron diving into a pile of coins. Yes. Scrooge McDucking it. Scrooge McDucking it. It is yes. Scrooge McDuck, right? Yeah. Not Donald. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. No, it's Scrooge McDuck okay. that has the gold coins. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The gold mm-hmm. coins. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Oh, boy. Wow. A lot of people to hate. Hate? To Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. You just never know oh, where God. we're going to go in this yeah. podcast. It's a journey. <laughs> Every time. And now we've finished Mm. this show. Mm -hmm. Haters going to hate. And so you can look forward to another great episode dropping next Wednesday and every Wednesday on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And in the meantime, because we know you want more. Always. Always. Head to our website, broadsandbooks.com, to check out all the recommendations we made in this episode, as well as one bonus pick. Each episode, we'll pick one extra pick that's only on our website, and we rotate those. So sometimes it's Amy, sometimes it's me, but it's one bonus pick on there. And I think this time it's me. Ooh. Yeah. You better, yeah. You can get ready get there. mentally, yeah. physically, spiritually, emotionally. Yeah. Okay. All of the, the Lees. Get it? <laughs> get it ready. <laughs> and you can also check our Twitter. Facebook, or Instagram to give us feedback and let us know items you might want to hear us talk about in future episodes or give us questions. Give us more questions. Absolutely. We love to answer questions. Mm -hmm. And if you're the creative type, you have a great idea for a future theme or episode, let us know that too. And you can find links to all of our social media accounts and our email at broadsandbooks.com. And if you like what you hear... And who doesn't? We know you do. Good Lord. Yeah. Don't, don't pretend. Yeah, yeah. We would appreciate a review on whatever site or application you use to listen to podcasts. Reviews help more people find us. Mm-hmm. So if you can give reviews, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere that you find your podcasts, share the love. Share to the world how enchanting you find the broads of broads and books. Yes. As well as, you know, deeply fulfilling picks that we give. Obviously. Yeah. Yes. Great. See, we just wrote the review for you. So just go for it. Literally just take that and write it. Duh. Now. (laughs) (laughs) And we are excited to hear from you and excited to be back every week. And until next time, that is it for us. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, 
another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're, they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.